This is episode 119 with Michael Jacobson. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. There's a lot of successful people in this world that I'm not inspired by. I don't look up to them to model their behaviors or follow their patterns to their quote unquote success. But there's also a lot of successful people who I do take inspiration from. And they're the ones that live by an F word that defines their success. And that F word is fulfillment. Michael Jacobson is a serial entertainment entrepreneur who co-founded and co-owned a global multi-billion dollar entertainment empire, co-produced Dirty Dancing, the stage show, which has grossed over US $1 billion, and is also a passionate teacher and mentor to entrepreneurs and business people globally. He's also just released a new TV show called Nothing Ventured on the Your Money channel. Michael's genuine, authentic approach to entrepreneurship sees him bringing bringing a lot of energy, heart and soul to business. And he has surrounded himself with like-minded individuals to create his new book and tap into the commonalities of highly successful and influential people who are living fulfilled lives. On the day of this podcast release, April 29, 2019, is the day of Michael's book release. The book is called Entrepreneurs, Mavericks and Empire Builders, And you can purchase it on Amazon or Booktopia online or in most major bookstores. And I'll also link it up to the show notes of this episode. Now, I'm really looking forward to diving into this one because even though there's a lot of people in this book that I don't inspire to be like, like authors or billionaires or musicians, I love learning value from people's success and failures, especially those who have essentially found the fulfillment aspect of life. In this episode, we discuss the mindset of fulfillment, why entrepreneurialism is a spiritual pursuit, the rare combination of factors that lead to success, the formula to help you establish your passion and why it's a crucial factor of fulfillment and success, why Jimmy Barnes offers a unique influential insight into fulfillment and success for all of us, and why taking action and complete responsibility are the most important elements you must endure to lead you to fulfillment. Before we hear from Michael, I want to take a minute to read a quick iTunes review because as you know, I'm always super grateful for everyone who takes their time and effort to help keep this podcast alive by doing the ratings and reviews. This one is titled... Everyone needs to listen to this podcast series. It says, 
Brett Robbo's Your Life of Impact podcast series will improve your life as there's so much stuff you can take away and easily apply to your life in each episode. I've had so many aha moments. There is so much gold in each and every interview Brett does. Brett is personable and draws meaningful responses from his guests, which makes for enlightening and riveting listening. That's by Megzy Jones from Australia. Thanks, Megzy. Quite a good review there and chucked in the five-star rating. Super grateful for that. And as I said, super grateful for everyone who takes the time and effort to do that to keep the podcast alive. Okay, now let's hear from the legend himself, Michael Jacobson. So, Michael, when we spoke on the phone a few months ago, you said entrepreneurialism is a spiritual pursuit. What do you mean by that? Entrepreneurialism is, by its very nature, a act, an act of creation. And you are really, the, the, whole, the whole essence of it is you're creating something where nothing existed. You're getting inspiration for some particular concept, some particular business idea, that inspiration is coming into your mind, whether you're on the couch or in the shower or driving a car or walking a dog or, you know, whatever you're doing. And then that, that inspiration's coming into your mind and, and you're formulating that into some sort of vision about where you, what, what you think is possible. And these are all just ideas at this stage. And then, then you've got to sit down and you've got to create that and turn that into a business. And then X years later, this is a living, breathing baby. It's employing people. It's operating on its own. It's got its own name. It's, it's you know, a, a living, breathing entity. So it is actually an act of creation from inspiration right through to when it's, when it's standing on its own two feet. And to me, that's a completely a spiritual pursuit. Do you consider yourself a spiritual person? I, I think that I, I do. I think that de- I, de- I definitely do. I think the definition of, pe- of spirituality, obviously, it's a broad word and different, it means different things to different people. For some, for some people, it means religion. To other people, it means, you know, feng shui. It means different things. But for me, I think that you, in terms of, in terms of spirituality, positive, positive energy, positive vibes, and you know, trying to really operate your life in in tune with the world around you, in tune with with the universal forces. To me, this is very important, and certainly the way that the way that I prefer to live. Is that a rarity in big business? I don't think that it is. I well, either that, or I. The more you become that way, the more you attract other people that way i think let me just step back a second because you said in big business i think in big business maybe it is in entrepreneurialism less so the more high level entrepreneurs that i talk to about about you know this type of subject the more i realize that a lot of a lot of other people if not if not the majority of people i encounter are like that in terms of big business as in corporations maybe a little bit less so but i think that most People who are entrepreneurs and certainly those who've achieved success are, I guess, reflective enough to realize that, you know, it's not something that you can completely do in your own, in your own strength. You, you, you definitely have to be in tune with, with, with forces greater than you to, to do it. I like how you said there that when you, you kind of attract the type of people, the persona that you put out there, do you find in your line of work and as an entrepreneur that you when you're weighing up what to say, the opportunities to say yes to and the opportunities to say no to, that the ones 
you find yourself saying yes to is often about the people that are involved and not just the business opportunity? Absolutely, because you are going to become like the people that you surround yourself with. There's no there's no doubt about it. You know, all of us, you know, you spend a day with, with somebody, even if you spend a day with somebody on holidays that you're not usually with in your day-to-day life, by the end of that day, inevitably, you pick up some of each other's habits. It's, it's just a, a bizarre phenomenon. So you are going to become like people you surround yourself with. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of a cliche, but it's, it's one that a lot of people just don't get through their mindsets and get, get in and sink into their, into their system. You need to be around the type of people who are going to take you where you want to go or who have been where you want to go. And I don't just mean in that case in terms of business. Yes, that too. But in terms of the whole person, you know, people that are going to take you forward and that are going to grow you and that are going to help you evolve. And at the the best, at at the very simplest, most simplistic form, people that you actually feel good around. You don't feel good around somebody, especially if you've got the responsibility of, of, of an entrepreneur and the responsibility of growing a company. If you don't feel good around people, be they, be they friends or be they your, your team or whatever, then, then there's a problem and that's going to show up in the results in a negative way. I love that. And that's regardless of whether you're talking about entrepreneurialism, business, just growth in any area of your life, surrounding yourself with those people who draw, who lift you up and make you challenge you to be a better version of yourself. And I often talk about that, but as you were saying that the, the saying came to mind too, where don't wait to be successful until you act like a successful person, whatever success means to you. It's about finding those mentors and standing on the shoulders of those giants to understand, well, who do you need to be to be that vision of your better version of yourself and learn how to act in that way now, living in alignment with your values and finding those people around you who are on the same path, like you said, or a lot further ahead that you can learn from and draw towards. Absolutely. And a lot of people might say, well, you know, there's 7 billion people in the world. How, how are you going to find, you know, for your little old company or whatever, how are you going to find these people? How are you going to find and attract these people? Well, the fact is that firstly, you do attract them anyway, by definition of the fact how you behave. And whether you want to talk about the law of attraction or whether you want to just talk about it in two-dimensional terms, if you are a certain type of person, you will, by definition, another, a certain type of person will be attracted to that. If you're, if you're an angry person, happy people will not be attracted to you. That's obvious. If you're a happy person, angry people probably won't be attracted to you because you'll annoy them with your happiness. So you will naturally gravitate to other people. But I'm talking about in business, even lawyers, even accountants, even people that you might not think you know, need to be people that lift you up. They do. You know, over, over in, in London where I spend most of my time, I have a lawyer who does a lot of work in the startup space, but he's, he's quite a big corporate lawyer. But perhaps because of the work that he does in the startup space and also perhaps just because of his own demeanor and personality, he's such an up vibe person. And this is not the sort of behavior that you would normally expect of a corporate lawyer. But I come away from meetings with him feeling, you know, actually inspired and uplifted. He doesn't necessarily counteract the fact that you you know i'm paying him uh, <laughs> a significant amount per hour but it's better that better that you pay someone a significant amount per hour and come away feeling good so whoever they are be they your core team your friends your family your 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 immediate staff members or service providers people that make you 
feel good. I mean, entrepreneurialism as well, of course, is broader life. But wherever you, you you need somebody to lift you up, as you do in in entrepreneurialism, where you face many challenges every day, imperative to have that. And eventually, it cements itself into your own psyche, and you you pretty much stay that way. Brilliant. And Michael, before we dive in deeper, I just want to say welcome to your life of impact. It's, it's wonderful, wonderful to be here, Brett. Thanks for having me. We've been connected by mutual friends who I actually met while I was working in London. You mentioned there that you're living in London now. I was working there for a few weeks in 2017 and I also got these legends onto the podcast and still connect with them regularly and call them dear friends now. And that's Jag and Narali Mencody from the Superfoodio brand. Absolutely. And they've had extraordinary success as well. I, I also connected with them over here. I was a, uh, I am a judge of the uh, British Entrepreneur of the Year Awards, which we met at a uh, at one of those events uh, last year. And I mean, they've had extraordinary, extraordinary success. And I've got to say, examples of two people who themselves are so up vibe and so, you know, just filled with positive energy. It's no wonder that their business is, is as successful as it is, albeit a young business. They're having that success as a reflection of who they are. Exactly right. And that's what you were saying there before about attracting that, you know, the energy, the vibe. And after they met you, Jag contacted me straight away and said, Brett, I don't know where this will go, but I, you guy, you and Michael remind me of each other with your heart and your passion and your soul. So I'm just going to connect you and see where it goes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that's how, that's how we like to roll. <laughs> <laughs> now you've just released a book called Entrepreneurs, Mavericks and Empire Builders, yep. which includes over 20 compelling interviews with leading Australian and international entrepreneurs and innovators getting inside the head and heart of these people. I'm really keen to unpack this head and heart element and learn from your learnings throughout this. One of the things that you say is that entrepreneurship isn't just about getting rich and famous. It is a much deeper pursuit. This book uncovers a rare combination of factors that lead to success through the eyes of those that have made it. I want to know, how do these rare combinations of factors that lead to success, how do they relate to anyone who is listening, whether we're entrepreneur, maverick, empire builder, stay-at-home parent, employee, whatever it might be? Because what I love hearing about other people's stories of success is I get inspired by their determined or creative mindset or learning specific personal strategies that I can easily implement or find a connectedness in their stories that gives me hope or inspiration to continue on my journey. Yes, absolutely. Well, me too. And I've got to say that that obviously success is a broad, a broad word. But when I when I was sitting down and, and selecting and approaching people to to interview for this this book and over twenty of them, as you said, Many of them are Australian. Some of them are global. Uh, some of them are, you know, when I say global, they're they're citizens of the world all over the place, and some of them are based in in the UK. But they're all people who are either, if not household names, their brands or the businesses or the the organisations they've started are household names, or or in some way, in the cases of some of the venture capitalists that I've interviewed, their, their companies have touched each and every one of us in one way or another. So they're pretty significant and influential people. However, what was very important to me was to choose people and to, to approach people and to attract people who are 
in a broader sense, people who are pretty fulfilled. They're, they're generally pretty happy people. We didn't go for any hard-nosed, you know, ruthless dog-eat-dog types. And, you know, there's, a few, there's plenty of those as well. So I deliberately skewed, skewed the, <laughs> the, 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 the nature of this book by interviewing people like that because I think that it is very important that people read such a book like this. And it's not a book you have to read cover to cover. You can pick it up. You can read a page. You can read a paragraph. You can highlight it. It's, you know, almost like a coffee table business book. And it's not even a business book, as you just drew the parallel. It is a business book, but it's a book which can teach people so much about life and about success. And to me, I was, after spending the last year interviewing and having so much time with these these incredible people, I was just so much the better for it. I, I, I completely transformed aspects of my my life as well. I was so fortunate to do that. So you asked the question, what people can learn. And I think the main thing that people can learn from this in day-to-day life, whatever you're doing, even if you're not in business, is is this. You've got to be, each and every person I interviewed said this in their own, in their own ways. You have to be doing whatever, in, in your life, you have to be doing what you're passionate about. How do you know what you're passionate about? Because a lot of people say, well, I don't know what I'm passionate about. Whatever your natural skill set is and whatever feels good to you is usually, well, these are the clues. These are the universal clues about what your passion is. That sounds so simple because it is. If, if, if you are, you know, completely passionate about, you know, whatever it might be, you could be a tradesman, you could be a, a stay-at-home mother, whatever it is, whatever that is, that, that's what your passion is. And so the clue is what do you enjoy and what is your natural skill set? If you try and stretch things to do something that is not your natural skill set, if I said, well, you know what, biotechnology is a great sector, Brett, you know, people are making fortunes in that. I think I'm going to go and start a company in biotech and, you know, make a couple of billion next year. Well, guess what? It would fail because even if you got the be- even if I got the best people around me and the best scientists and the best biotech, even if you had you know, Elon Musk on the board or whatever, you know, Richard Branson, doesn't matter because I'm not remotely interested in that sector. How do I know I'm not interested in it? I have no passion for it, for one. And for two, not good at it. I was not very good at science. And I don't enjoy that aspect of life. So, yes, you could theoretically try and shape a business around something like that but, but and just pick it off the, and say, well, this, this is a new thing. I'm going to do this. But the point is, if the passion's not there, then it won't, it just won't succeed. And that's true of everything in life, whether you're working in a company, whether you've got a job, whether you're whatever you are, you're a school teacher, if you don't have passion for it, if you're not good at it, you won't, you won't enjoy it. And, and it's not what your path is. So you've got to follow your path. You've got to stay in your lane, however you want to call it, and follow those clues to do it. And that's what each of these people have done. And that's why they're all, they're all pretty happy and fulfilled people as well, as well as being wealthy and successful. And they're two different things. Well, that makes sense when you look at what fulfillment in life actually is. And fulfillment comes when you are living in alignment in all key areas of your life, not just in one or two. So for them to be fulfilled, it means that they have to be doing things that they are curious about, that they're good at and they enjoy, which equates to what you said there, that word of passion. And as I'm sure, this is why you actually gave a definition to it because lots of people here, I'll follow your passion. What does that actually mean? Is that a term that we shouldn't actually use? But I think when you unpack it the way that you did and link it to fulfillment and back to the skill set and what you enjoy, it makes complete 
sense. I've personally been through a few times in life where I haven't followed my passion and I've gone for, oh, that looks like a good little business opportunity or a bit of fun or that person's making money from it. And exactly like you said, it does. It just doesn't work out. Absolutely. And a, a, a lot of people get stuck. I mean, it's a big, it's, it is admittedly a big call that when you're 16 or 17 at school, you know, you are expected to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. But the problem is, to me, uh, no school careers counsellor ever, it's always, what job do you want? And then they're sitting down showing people what job, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a banker, you're going to be this or that. They're, they're sitting there talking about the jobs. Firstly, <laughs> apart from anything else, no one ever says, do you want to be an entrepreneur? That's like, <laughs> no, 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 get a real job and that's it. That's the first thing. But the second thing is more broadly, they don't sit down and say, what are you actually passionate about? It's like, well, you're good at science. You're good at maths. Well, that, that's still not enough. They don't take an altruistic, they don't take a, uh, altruistic is not the right word, they don't take an all-encompassing view of the person and sit down and spend enough time with someone to say, just sit for a minute, close your eyes and connect inside yourself and work out what you're actually passionate about. And then we'll try and piece together what that could look like in terms of how you then do something that actually pays pays the bills in life, match to that. But because people don't do that and are not encouraged to do that in school, they ended up getting railroaded into studying things that they don't really have a passion for or they don't really know where it's going to end. So the problem starts at the school level. And then they end up spending their 20s working their guts off thinking, well, this is how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to work hard in life. So you know, I work hard and then they turn around in their 30s and think, wow, I've just spent, you know, a decade doing something. I now, I'm in my 30s and now actually I realize that it wasn't just that I was working my, my guts out, but, you know, I actually uh, don't enjoy it and now I'm stuck. What do I do? And then, you know, of course, it's never too late to change careers, but it definitely gets harder when you're in your 30s and certainly into your 40s. It's, you're like a steamship trying to turn around, especially if you've got kids, family. So the fact is, piecing it back to when people at school People should be, it should be inculcated in people to find out what your passion is instead of just teaching people to, you know, mind control about following certain subjects slavishly and then going into a, being railroaded into a specific area that, that society needs because society needs whatever you were born to give society. So people should be found, people should be helped to, to find in themselves what they were born to give society. And then... You won't have people turning around being angry or burnt out because they're not enjoying what they're doing. Whereas all the people I interviewed have, they've all had stumbles, like all of us. You know, Jeffrey Archer, Lord Jeffrey Archer, who's one of the top three authors in the world, sells millions of books who I interviewed. You know, he started off as a politician and then he, he invested money in a business which went bankrupt and took all of his life savings with him. And he sat down and thought, you know, wow, what, what's he going to, what, what, how will I, what am I going to do to support my family is what he was thinking. And so he wrote a book, this came to him, the inspiration came to him to write a book, which his first book was called Not a Penny More, Not a Penny Less. And it was about his fantasy about how could he, how could he actually get back the money that these, that, that the business that he invested in ripped off from it. That book became a bestseller. And ever since that time, you know, he's never, firstly, he's never had to worry about money again. But secondly, he spends all day doing something that he absolutely loves and that's writing. So it's okay, I suppose, as part of life's journey that you don't have to always get it right from school. I'm just saying that if, if people 
were able to get it a bit more right from school, it certainly would help all of us. Brilliant. I love that. What are some of the habits or human behaviors that you uncovered with your research and publishing of this book that you didn't necessarily consider or that we wouldn't necessarily consider to be important in entrepreneurial success? And I say that success with a in quotations because as we say, you know, success means different things to different people. But what are some of the the habits or human behaviors that sort of jumped out at you that we might not consider important? Absolutely. Well, firstly, we call the book, the book's Entrepreneurs, Mavericks and Empire Builders. It's a long title, but we had to call it that because that's the only way of describing these people who you can't put in a, in a specific box. The entrepreneurial mindset sort of seeps through all of the people, but some people, we call them Mavericks and, you know, we got someone like Jimmy Barnes, you know, one of Australia's most famous performers. You might say, well, he's not an entrepreneur. Well, he might not be an entrepreneur in the true sense, but in, in, in the business sense, I should say. But we say that, well, he's a maverick and there's aspects of entrepreneurialism in that. What does aspects of entrepreneurialism mean? Well, that kind of comes down to the habits. Firstly, it comes down to the fact that he's built, he's built a brand and he's built a whole ecosystem around himself to, to sustain his business. He's not just a musician supporting himself. He's got his whole family involved. He has built a corporation around himself. So that is entrepreneurial. Lee Kernigan, who we interviewed, Australia's top country music star, he's done the same thing. So, so these people, Alan Jones, Australia's, you know, one of the world's leading media personalities, you know, not an entrepreneur in the strict sense, but someone who makes or breaks the radio station where he is and somebody who, you know, has become certainly in Australia, a household brand and a household name. So we tie parallels between between these types of people. So and that's why, you know, the, the title has Entrepreneurs, Mavericks and Empire Builders. Some of the habits. Well, one of the most interesting things I found, and I want to take Jerry Harvey, who's the name known to every single Australian and a face and a voice known to every single Australian from Harvey Norman. Jerry said something that was, you know, fascinating to me when I interviewed him, which was, a, which was an example of, of a habit. And that was, uh, well, it, was not, it wasn't just a habit. It was also a mindset. You know, he said, look, I am a salesman. I love selling. I built my business on selling. And not only my business, my, my hobby, which is now my second business, which is the Magic Millions horse, horse trading company up on the Gold Coast. That's another business that Jerry's built. Once again, around sales. Jerry and each of the people have identified what their core skill set is. So just because you've built a business doesn't mean you're good at everything. And that's a misconception. They, these people, one of their habits is to work out what is their core skill set, which, as I said earlier, is, is connected to your passion. But a lot of people look at entrepreneurs and think, wow, you must be good at everything. Richard Branson's a genius. You know, I'd love to have a week with him. I'll learn about everything. Well, no, you probably wouldn't. You'd learn about what Richard Branson is good at. But, you know, and he's good at a lot of things and he's got a big checkbook to show how good he is. And, you know, but... He's not good at everything because nobody nobody is. But the key in business, and I also I think the key in life is to work out what you are good at. Jerry Harvey's a great salesman. Alan Jones is a great communicator. These are these are just two things off off the top of our head. Jeffrey Archer is a great storyteller. So these are people who've worked out what they're good at and they've they've pursued it. And that the success has come as a result of that. The success comes as a result of finding out what you're good at and pursuing that, of putting your energy into that, of putting your life and soul into that, not as a result of pursuing the end. If you pursue the end rather than the means, you won't succeed. The end is I want to be rich, famous, successful, and happy. 
where you can't just, you can't think, you can think abundant, but you can't just think yourself into being rich or famous or what you've actually got to do something about it. And you can't just think yourself into being happy either. You've still got to follow certain neural pathways to get there. So the key, the key is the, the core habit these people have worked out is what their core, their ultra core skill set is. And then they, they stick to that and they get people around them to help fill in the, fill in the gaps. Once again, you could be working in, you could be working in a job, you could be doing anything. You at least work out what your core skill set is. Makes complete sense. I want to just elaborate on Jimmy Barnes there for a second. I've, I've seen him live quite a few times and been to his stage show, which really blew my mind where he plays a bit and talks about his story and it was, it was brilliant. He's one of those entertainers that I believe is lucky to be alive and play yep. Russian roulette with his life a lot. And yes. for this reason, I'd love to get him on this podcast because I believe he now has an even more unique perspective on what it means to live life, to love and to grow as a human because of the shit that he's been dragged through or that's right, dragged himself through really. And yep. and I, you look at humans, we all either create our own dramas or face many unforeseen challenges or adversities in our life. And I believe that Jimmy has value to offer around this space. So it's interesting to hear you say that he's a maverick with an entrepreneurial aspect because he's built that brand. When you spent time with him, how much, and I know that you were attracted to him, like you said before, because of all the people that you get in there for that vibe and that energy that they bring, but how much of that is genuinely and authentically oozing from Jimmy when you sit with him to talk to him about these these topics? Jimmy was a, a really up, upbeat, very, very together individual. And I know, you know, obviously he's been through enormous challenges. One thing that is very clear to make the judgment call around it is that, you know, this is somebody who's who's actually learned from his challenges and come out the other side. And you can see from looking at him, from talking to him, from talking to his, I mean, you know, talking to his wife and his family around him, that he is somebody who is actually, I think, you know, arguably in my judgment, probably a better husband, father, family member, and better at everything that he does as a result of, of coming through the challenges that he's had. He's somebody who's learned from them. And, you know, this is something that most of us should do, should be a little bit better at. So yeah, he's had a lot of, a lot of them and they're well documented, but, you know, by he, he's grown as a result of them. So I found that he, he to be, you know, really almost an elder statesman, not just on, on, on rock and roll, but, you know, on, on life, you know, he's just, he's a great person that, you know, if you could sit down with, with him, you know, once a month and just have a yarn about life, he'd be a great person to do that. Cause he's really like an elder statesman of, of life. And, you know, really to deal with Jimmy was such a straightforward process. You know, I dealt with, uh, with Jane, his wife, and, you know, they're just low, very low key, very, very much, almost like a family business the way they're operating. So, you know, it was really an upbeat, inspirational time spending, you know, receiving the the, the words of wisdom. And they, they are really words of wisdom that he has to say. They're very well thought through. A lot of the cases in the book, we just quote directly from, from what he and what other people have said rather than just paraphrasing it because I want people to be able to just sit and, and feel the words and, and have them there in print. And we did that a lot with Jimmy because a lot of what he said was just really pretty gold. He, sp- he spoke in no uncertain terms. And in some cases, we've even printed some of his colorful language because it actually <laughs> fits in with the context of what he's trying to say. You know, that's an, the F word or whatever. This is an adjective. 
presuming, and it, it could be important. So we've we've left it in there in all its glory, and you know, he, he's just got a lot to say about about living your passion, about growing from your mistakes, and about how you learn from them. And you know, once again, whether you're an entrepreneur or, or whoever the heck you are, this is very valuable, and it's great to be able to look at somebody high profile, you know, for a change who's actually come through their problems rather than who, who gets stuck in the circle like many, many high profile people do and never seems to get through them. That's exactly what I would expect from Jimmy, actually, for us to learn how to grow from our mistakes and him bringing that across in a blunt uh, but entertaining and impactful kind of way. What yeah. what personally have been some of your mistakes that you've learned from? I, look, one of the one of the things that, that I've learned is is really more and more so that you have to, you know, you have to be able to put your heart and soul into what you're doing. And, you know, I've had the tendency to overcommit. A lot of people, a lot of people do have that, you know, you have the tendency to say, well, this is a great venture. I'd love to get involved in this or that or sit on that board or be involved with this company or whatever. And the fact is, you know, there's almost, I mean, there's unlimited things you can't get involved in and you know when you when you're involved in certain circles you get offered all the you know you just come across different opportunities as well the key thing for me has been learning to to really stay in my lane and to work out what am i actually what am i good at and what is my passion and i'm very enthusiastic upbeat person i can probably bring that energy to anything i'm involved in but i've got to work out well my my core skill sets is is entrepreneurialism innovation creativity marketing these types of these types of areas, which are all all interconnected. So whatever whatever I'm involved in, I have to pass it through the test of you know is it is it going through my core skill set and my ultra 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 core passion? Because otherwise, you have a tendency to do do ten things in a in a half you know a half baked way instead of doing two things and absolutely not only nailing them but but you know gaining absolute fulfilment out of them. So. So you're learning not to to be to be overcommitted is one thing, and the second thing is you you must be you, you, when you when mistakes show up you've got no one to blame but yourself, absolutely nobody. And and if you try and blame other people, you're a fool, you know. And and so when I look back on things from over the last twenty years of my life and business career, I look at mistakes. I take absolutely complete responsibility for things which have which have you know sort of. Uh, haven't worked out exactly how I might, might have wanted them to. You can't blame other people. You, you've got to once again blame it. Well, I shouldn't have been around those people. I should have sort of changed. I should. Well, then you think, well, I wasn't. I wasn't evolved enough to know differently. Well, that's okay. You at least acknowledge that too, but you don't do it again. So, so you've got to take. People just love pointing the finger at other people. Always, it's somebody else's problem. It's really hard to point the finger at yourself, and it's unpleasant. And but you don't grow otherwise. If you don't point the finger at yourself and say, yes, I shouldn't have done it this way or I shouldn't have done it that way or I shouldn't have you know, thought about things in that way. I should have thought about it in a bigger way or in this way or that way. Otherwise, the same issue will just keep showing itself up for your whole life. So you better learn the mistake and you better fix it and take responsibility for it or it'll just keep showing up. That's how it works. <laughs> so learning to do that and saying, well, you know what, if I don't do that, the same problem will keep showing up. So I don't want that to happen. So taking responsibility for your own, for you, and, and for your own successes. If something's successful, sure, you give credit to the people that have helped you get there, but you also think, wow, I, I contributed to that. So you take, you take responsibility. I always say to people, take 
profound responsibility for your thoughts, your feelings and your actions. And that's a big foundation of what I coach and teach from for, for so many different reasons. So it's great to hear that come through with your language in terms of your entrepreneurial successes and failures and learnings. How did you actually get into your line of work? Because you've operated some of the world's best convention and entertainment centers, been a mentor and board member or advisor for some abundantly successful companies. You co-produced the Dirty Dancing stage show, which ended up becoming one of the fastest selling shows in West End history and grossed over US $1 billion, I believe. How did you actually get into all this line of work? I got into it because I, well, I started off in banking. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family who, who, who were in show business and uh, in Australia. So I was always in the in entertainment business from the day I was born. And I think definitely if you are an entrepreneurial person, being, I mean, whatever you are, if, you're, if you want to be, if you're a doctor and your family's a doctor or your dad or your mum's a doctor, obviously, whatever it is, if you're surrounded by that from day one, then obviously that's a, it is a significant advantage, good and bad, good, bad and ugly. So I did have that advantage, good, bad, and ugly, of being surrounded by entrepreneurialism right across from my, you know, father, right across my whole family from the day I was born, literally. And that, you know, gives you an extra, gave me an 18-year sort of head start on trying to work things, work things out. So, so that was that was a great thing. But I then also I went into uh, stockbroking, which is a profession which doesn't really exist in the current in that in that same manner anymore. But uh, you know, more, I guess in these days it's more like. A, hedge fund people you would call them and i went into that and what i loved about that was the dynamism and the and the fact that you know there are some similarities with entrepreneurialism because it's 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 exciting it's vibrant you're doing things all the time but also you're trading which is you know in some ways also what you're doing with entrepreneurialism although in in hedge fund or stockbroking you're trading in and out you know every minute whereas with a business you might build it and sell it you know, in five or 10 years so a little bit different but so there were some similarities but i i was drawn by the need to to create something and to pursue to be my own boss and to to create something to, to to create something according to my own visions or to work in a more personalized manner with other people supporting them in creating theirs i i as a board member or whatever but a different mindset to to being an employee in a bigger, in a large bank or a large organisation, as I, as I was, so I then moved into uh, into the property aspect of of entertainment, which I then joined ventured with with some of my family members and and a bunch of other high profile Australian business people and investors on on entertainment arenas and theatres in Australia, which we we owned or operated, and then that that led to the Dirty Dancing opportunity. Which uh, which I was in uh, on the board of and, and global co-producer, a global marketing director, and and one of the one of the shareholders. Uh, so one thing led to another, mixing in those circles. That those things together, took took me to London about ten years ago. I'm I'm still in Australia very regularly, but my main base is London. And you know, really, uh, I, I we, we, you know that business has been exited now. Those businesses have all been exited. But you know, like most entrepreneurs. You know, you just do this. You can't, you can't stop creating. You can't stop starting new businesses. So that's a bit of a double negative. You can't stop starting, but you, you want to just keep starting. <laughs> so I start another business over here, European Leisure, where we are also we're now more of a property developer, but we're developing entertainment and really entertainment destination 
developments, arenas, theaters, but also more broadly destinations, which can include hotels and all sorts of things. And we're doing it especially in Central and Eastern Europe, in countries like Czech Republic, Slovakia, Romania, and also in, in the UK. And really what we do, a lot of the things that we're doing are still works in progress and it'll be five or six or even maybe up to 10 years before the, the sort of business plan runs its course and I can point to you and say, well, this is what we actually did. But what they will do is help to activate cities, activate societies. So the commercial aspect of it is is obviously what, what drives the commercial aspect of the business. But beneath that, the social aspect that I'm so passionate about is activating cities or activating parts of cities, creating employment, creating pride, creating branding for that city, make, helping to make cities, you know, global destination, which is what we'll do with some of the places we're working in, in in Central and Eastern Europe. So I love that aspect of that business. So there's a real social aspect as well as a business aspect. So, so then one thing led to that. And then you talk about the mentoring. Well, I am somebody who can't sit still at the risk of overcommitting. I, I also do want to be involved in, in really helping other people on their entrepreneurial journey. So that's why I've got involved in, in, in mentoring. I, I do high performance coaching for a, a limited number of people, but people who I feel, and they, some of them are, some of the people that are in, gov- in governments even or, or in embassies or in, in uh, large-scale corporations who just want to either have coaching or be more innovative or, or draw on the spirit of entrepreneurialism to do what they're doing. I do that and then also work with some startups who, who you know, really – and the only – the main criteria is, one, you know, the, the general business is something that I feel I can add value to and, two, that the, that the person – actually has their mindset that they actually want to want to go forward and they want to be fulfilled and they want to they want to grow and evolve also as people and so doing those things you know all draws on my skill sets and that's you know so that's why I love I love being involved in those various different activities very diverse involvements but very aligned back to your your mindsets and your skill sets and that fulfillment yes, aspect absolutely brilliant Mate, it's been a very insightful chat and no doubt we could unpack this so much more. I do have a final few questions before we wrap it up. Uh, but first of all, where can we find you online and find your book and purchase it? And then how can I and the listeners help you on your journey? You can find me online on michaeljacobson.org and you can, it's jacobson.org. And you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on uh, LinkedIn, wherever you want to find me. And you can also uh, get the book. It's going to be out. It's going to be in bookstores, but also it's going to be through uh, Amazon and, uh, and of course, through Booktopia. So people will be able to get that book and it should be on sale uh, right about now when this podcast is, is coming out at the end of April. So that's where you can find me. What people... And do well, you know. I think that we do. If you take a step back, we are we are all trying to, in some way, gain happiness and gain fulfillment. And however you do that, be it through your family only, or be it through your work. The fact is, pe- people should try and look at their whole lives as as a whole integrated piece. It shouldn't be, well, I love my family, but I hate my job. So you know, people people should go on that journey when they're ready to go on that journey. And so my, my job is, apart from my own businesses, my, well, it is a business, when I'm coaching people, very similar to what you're doing, of course, you know, that my job is to work with people that, that, are, that are ready for that and that are, you know, trying to, to move forward in business, in life, 
or in their in their corporation, but draw on draw on the principles, the principles of entrepreneurialism, the principles of innovation to do that. And so, you know, I'm always happy to help people like that. And I think that, you know, the other the other thing is I think that, you know, I, I'm always happy to hear from people and just uh, I just I just love chatting to people about about business too. It's my favorite thing. Whether I'm sitting next to someone on a plane, someone drops me an email. It's great to, for us to all chat with each other, just just for, for the heck of it too. Excellent. I'll link all of those, the michaeljacobson.org and everything else up in the show notes so people can reach out and people can click straight to the book and learn from the likes of Jimmy and everyone else that you've got in there. And in a similar sort of line of fashion, something that I ask all my guests, what do you believe is good action for people to take to be more impactful in their lives and in their communities? People, uh, action's a good word because you actually do have to, you have to show up and take action to do things. There's no doubt about it. No point just dreaming about it or having a vision about it or saying, well, I should have done that when I was, you know, younger or what. No, you can, there's something you can do right now. And the, the number one people can, thing people can do to take action is actually sit and reflect for five minutes about what they what action they feel they should be doing everybody stands in the shower every day hopefully twice and everybody has 10 or 15 minutes to think to yourself all you have to do is to sit and think and feel meditate think reflect whatever word you want to put on it doesn't matter what are you supposed to be doing what do you feel called to be doing whatever it might be and, and and being called doesn't mean that you know you're called to be the the pope or something. It does you know it doesn't have to be that. You know what do you feel called to be doing? You might feel called to you know volunteer at a school or to volunteer in an old people's home or to completely change careers or wow maybe in my in my job maybe I'll work for I don't know Uber or work for a big company or Facebook or something. But maybe you know I've just had this epiphany in my mind and I see things differently and I can go and tell my boss this is. This is a new social program we can be involved in. Whatever it is, nothing's too big or too small. It's just what comes to you when you actually take the time to think about it. And that's really the, the number one thing people can do. But nobody, not nobody, most of us make excuses about lack of time, which is no excuse because there's always some latent time in your day where you're doing nothing else where you can think. And it's really important to just think and reflect and then go and then go out and take immediate action. Not next week, next year, next month, next whatever, when the kids grow up. Right now, tomorrow, once it comes to you, do it. Write it down and do it. And then you start to move on in a whole new trajectory of life. A whole, the curtain opens to a whole new host of things. I love it. Now, one of my top core values is giving and I give all my guests a gift for giving their time and value on the podcast. And Michael, today to say thank you for your time and value, I'm giving you the gift of one of our charity teas from the Life Teas range. And this is thank where you. we've had uh, Paralympians design a tea and choose a charity that's close to their heart and we sell them and donate 100% of the profits to their chosen charity. So I'm going to post you one of those teas, mate, and let you wear it with pride. Thank you very much. Well, I won't get much wear of it in London, but when I meet you on the Gold Coast and we go to the beach, I'm going to wear it with pride there and it'll be fantastic and I can't wait. Thank you. <laughs> what a great story as well behind that. That's just an incredible story. I love that. It makes me even more proud to, to, to be able to wear it. Absolutely. Now, before I let you go, is there anything else you want to say to the listeners or is there anything you'd like to ask me? What I'd like to say to the listeners is that 
that and, and not that not that any or, or all of them do this, but I say to, to all of us, listen to what we've said today, take on board what resonates, and then please do something about it or read the book, whatever it is, do something. Like I said before, take action. Don't just see, see this is a nice podcast, you know, this is a nice book. These people have great views on life. Put it down and then get on with your life. Do something. Use this podcast. Use every one of Brett's podcasts. Use the, my book, whatever it is, to actually take action. I'll just feel good to take action and to improve your life. When you improve your own life, you improve everybody else's life. And we, gosh knows the world needs that right now. So please take action and do something tangible today. Michael, you're a legend. You are highlighting the spiritual pursuit of what is typically a very logical world and bringing energy, heart and soul to entrepreneurialism and business. Keep shining your impactful light to the world, my man. Thanks, Brett, mate. Thanks for having me on the show. There you go, legends. Take time to sit, reflect, think and feel and bask in the clarity that this process helps to create. Make sure you check out Michael online at michaeljacobson.org. Get a copy of his book for yourself or as a gift to a loved one who can draw inspiration from the fulfilled and successful people he's aligned with. Check out Amazon, Booktopia or most of the major bookstores and you can also head to the show notes of this episode to click on the link straight to the book. If you do purchase the book, please send me an email or tag Michael and I on social media when you're reading it so we can enjoy the journey with you. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.